Well, hello there. Welcome. Greetings. This is VR Download, our twice a week podcast here at UploadVR.com and our YouTube channel and on podcast services that you listen to, where we discuss video games, VR games to be specific here on Thursday. And on Mondays, we record live our VR hardware show. Um, But today is all about games. So I am David Jagno. I'm your host here at the VR Download. And I'm joined by another wonderful person from UploadVR, Mr. Jamie. How are you doing? You're so kind to me with these introductions recently. I don't, I don't know whether to trust it. Like at some point you're going to spring something else on me and I, I'll be caught <laughs> off guard. But I'm good. Uh, I'm good. No no comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're just going to jump right in to what we've been playing. Uh, there's a few games that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, I can go first this week. Um, the first one that we're going to talk about is Hyper Dash. This is a uh, relatively new uh, shooter on the Quest that just came out um, in late February, I think, or early March. I can't remember the date at this point, um, but it's been in alpha for a long time. It was on SideQuest um, ever since late 2019. So, I mean, it was in testing on uh, SideQuest on, for Quest for a long time, and they're officially on the real Oculus Quest store now, uh, which is exciting because, you know, it's one of the best uh, success stories of SideQuest so far, I think. Um, that's a game that a lot of people fell in love with over there, and now it's on mm-hmm. the official Quest store. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, it's a sci-fi uh, first-person shooter, competitive shooter on the Quest. Um, and it is, as you can see in the video, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the art style is kind of a combination of like Solaris meets um, kind of, uh, I guess... You could say kind of echo combat, echo arena style mm. a little bit. Um, the the characters are very you know kind of robots, and um, the the whole gimmick of it is it has a smooth locomotion movement with your characters, but everyone can also dash. So it's um you know it's kind of a teleport, but also just a quick movement that has to recharge every time you use it. Um, so you can quickly move throughout the map, and there's also rails that you can grind on, um, kind of sunset overdrive style. Uh, There's a lot of different game modes, which is nice. It's got um, stuff like Deathmatch. It has Domination. There's a King of the Hill game mode. It has a payload mode like Overwatch where you have to move the payload through the level. Um, Also like Echo Combat. Um, So it's got a lot of variety and it's very polished. Um, And I think that's due to the fact that it was in testing and alpha and beta and all that on SideQuest for so long. Um, so they've, they've done a really good job. It's an impressive game, and uh, I'll have a review soon at UploadVR.com so you can check out more on that. Um, but if you've been playing it, let us know what you think down in the comments. And uh, Jamie, have you had a chance to play it yet? No, I haven't. I'm not a big multiplayer guy, as you know. It's not really my genre. Uh, a bit of a loner, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. And i I, I got to say, like... I'm pleasantly surprised that Hyperdash has found this audience that it's had. I remember it was announced, what, probably like a year and a half ago or something now, um, just before it released on SideQuest. And, you know, there's there's like there's probably like two or three multiplayer VR shooters like either announced or released on Steam VR uh, like a week, right? Or maybe like, you know, like maybe like four or five a month. And you just kind of know most of them aren't going to go anywhere. They're going to struggle with like filling up their lobbies. They're not going to get enough players on board in like their first run. Like even big, big games like uh, Frostpoint from uh, In Exile's yeah. like that really, really, really struggled. Uh, even on its launch day, I think I only ever played a match with about ten people out of out of a possible twenty or something like that. So yeah, it's a really. What it's a really challenging situation space. with that game. Like that would be 
an interesting one in a year or two to see if we could talk to NXile and do a postmortem on like what happened with Frostpoint because, um, I mean, I, I know a, a producer that was there, you know, that I originally spoke to like two, three years ago uh, when that game was kind of an early development and it dramatically changed from what actually got released and, um, you know, had a rocky launch and a weird business model where like in beta testing, you could play the game enough hours to earn and buy, earn a copy for free. And mm. I don't know, it was, a, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. Um, Yo, our boy, you, our boy PSVR about parole in the in the audience in the chat. How's it going? Good to yeah, see yeah. you. Yes, <laughs> that he says meows and swipes because the PSVR about parole people, the lovely people at PSVR Pro, love cats. But David's not really a cat person, so I don't think we're going to get a meow no. out of David. No, you might no, you might bark. Would you bark for the for the audience? Uh, there has been no super chat donations for me to bark, so I'm not going to be barking. <laughs> All right, David. David will chat. Uh, well, David will bark for a donation. Good to, <laughs> good to know. And I yeah, Adam, I agree bro. with you. I agree with you. Um, there's a lot of optimization. It's extremely smooth and uh, runs well. Um, I think that's that's the most impressive part about it for sure. I think um, you know it's just it's just a very consistent, smooth, and I like the word used crisp. Uh, experience and mm-hmm. i think um every quest game needs to hit that bar in my opinion it's a standalone headset you know you don't have any variation in hardware between users you know if you make a game for, for quest <laughs> it should work great every time for everybody um so that's that's kind of what i think and i think uh hyperdash nailed that aspect of it do we know like is there more hyperdash coming are they like do we have we heard about like post-launch support because like so much of it was like a beta uh, I don't know. before it released and now it seems to have got some traction you think the next thing they do is like follow it up with more 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 right yeah yeah oh ps4 without oh. there we go <laughs> all right i'll do it i'll do it i'll, I'll give you multiple multiple variations of a bark okay here you go oh the- for five bucks i'll do anything <laughs> There, there's you know the woof the woof version that we got, <laughs> and then we'll even go with the little like a small dog. Go. <laughs> there we go. That was there that was fifteen dollars worth of barking right there. I mean, he got I, his money's I have, worth. I, I present great value, you know, like I really do. Well, clearly, I mean, yeah. and I didn't know you were so learned. And you know, well taught in the diversity of barking out there, especially seeing not everyone such a porky is. fan. Well, not everyone clearly. is. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Paradise DK says I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic I mean, yeah, references! If, if the developers of Hyperdash ever see this, I think you should definitely look at what Echo Arena and Population One have done. Do a battle mm-hmm. pass. Do something like seasonal. Give people something to look forward to, something to work towards. Because you have a great foundation here, and I think they have the potential for this to become like one of the go-to games on Quest. And um, I think a battle pass type system would be the great way to do that because then it would fund ongoing development. It would give people something to unlock over time. And uh, yeah, so that's what I think you should do if you're uh, if you're listening. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love to see. Um, it'd be cool to get like different game modes in there. Like the the grinding on the rails is such a big thing for the game. It'd be cool to do like races and stuff like that as well. If that was possible at all, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of potential for this one, and I'm, I'm always glad to see smaller indie devs succeed like these guys clearly are at the moment. A techno glitch said you got my dog barking. 
And Smash Reality <laughs> said, let's see what Upload VR is up to, I think, 30 seconds before it loads, and I hear David barking. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you're welcome, Fantastic. everybody. I'm glad that was entertaining for you. Um, yeah, so the next game that we're going to talk about today is not one that either of us have personally been playing, but it is our latest review at UploadVR.com um, by uh, regular freelancer Gabriel Moss. He hasn't written for us in a while. Uh, but he has uh, came back with another review. This is one that just came out today, I believe, or it is releasing today at some point it came out on 40 Quest. minutes ago. To there tell. you go. Perfect. Um, this yeah. game is called Flow Weaver. It is an escape room game with a magical setting where you get to jump between different dimensions, essentially using like a time bending mechanic. And on paper, it sounds awesome. Uh, he was not a fan, gave it a two out of five. Mm. Um, so the, the the problem with the game is that it's incredibly, incredibly repetitive. And, um, you know, I guess you could kind of presume that from the based on the fact that you kind of just do different versions of the same room over and over. Yeah. Um, but there are ways that you could have made that more inventive, but I don't think it really landed for him. Um, it was a lot of repetition. Um, a lot of the puzzles are just not intuitive at all. You know, it was a lot of just fumbling around, getting stuck and confused. Because uh, with puzzle games, you know, obviously... The most important thing with the puzzle game, and especially an escape room concept, is you need to have breadcrumbs and hints about how to solve the puzzle without requiring the user to do something that's you know doesn't make sense. You know, like that's I think a great example is you know Zelda is a series with a ton of puzzles, very puzzle heavy, but they do a great job of leading you to the solution without having to you know just try and trial and error over and over. Um, so like another example is Myst. That's a very puzzle heavy series, uh, but it's well known for being a game that, you know, rewards thinking outside the box. Um, in this game, it seems like he didn't really find that to be the case. It was kind of, uh, you know, very tedious and, um, it's only around three or four hours long, but the, so the fact that it felt super tedious and repetitive given the short runtime is pretty telling. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, visually it's impressive, right? I mean, he, he really liked the visuals. And um, I don't want to speak too much for him. So if you want to know more about what he thought, you can go to uploadvr.com and our review is live on the site right now. Um, I do think, cool. I mean, visually. I do think that like tedious puzzle games are probably my biggest VR pet peeve, I think, because when I, I, I say this all the time, like when I get stuck in a puzzle game on TV, I get frustrated, but whatever I can, you know, walk away, get a glass of water or something like that, come back to it, uh, you know, like in a couple of minutes and, approach it fresh when you're stuck in a vr puzzle game inside vr i get like it's one of the biggest drivers of vr nausea for me i get like frustrated and hot-headed <laughs> and i just don't want to be there like almost instantly so it's it's a really uh yeah. hard thing to pull off for me especially um and uh, yeah, i yeah i definitely like looking at the trailer like i haven't played it at all but i can see why i would agree with gabriel's review uh, review um yeah, I, I I mean, I need stuff like, you know, I expect you to die where like the puzzle solutions are kind of so zany and, and fun and entertaining that they keep you they keep you going like that. I mean, like just just this week I played uh, Call of the Sea on um, on PC, which is another game that has like no hint system whatsoever in its puzzles. And to me, that can really like ruin an experience. It's 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 a hard thing to do because you don't want to spoil your puzzle solving for your audience because that then it just turns into a complete you know cakewalk it's yeah. really really easy um but you, you have a, to find a really a great a really great one um is the room vr 
if uh, you haven't played mm. that. And that's one of the best puzzle-based escape room style games you can get in VR. It's on every platform. I th- well, it, Yeah, it's on PSVR, I think, right? Isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, I reviewed the Quest version of it, but it's it's an incredible game. So, I mean, if you're interested in Flow Weaver, but you're hesitant based on our review, uh, and you have not played the Room VR, that's what you should play. That, that's where my recommendation goes. Um, granted, I haven't played Flow Weaver, but uh, Gabriel is usually pretty you know, in line with my opinions in terms of his preferences. So that's I'll uh, I'll recommend reading his review before you check it out. He knows his stuff, young Gabriel. And let's go. On to the next one. This is one that's not a super new release, but it did recently release on PC on Steam, and that is Warplanes World War One Fighters. This is also on Quest via App Lab. Um, so if you go to AppLab.Games, um, you can check out um, all the App Lab games there, and um, there's a link for Warplanes on there. Uh, this is a really impressive game because uh, on Quest, at least, it is uh, visually just really stunning that the fact that mm. they're able to pull off what they pulled off with such a small uh, group of developers. And um, here in this footage that's showing on our, on our Stevie, the TV here in the upload studio, uh, you'll get to see a little glimpse of it. The, you know, the draw distance, the, uh, the water, you know, visuals all look really nice. And uh, it's a, you know, world war one focused um, war plane kind of dog fighting game. Um, there's a free demo available out there, so um, if you're interested, you can check that out. And I wanted to spotlight it because it's um, a game that I think is going to eventually come to the official Quest store, I think, because it's you know at a pretty high bar of quality already. And it's out on uh, Steam as well, so you can check that one out. And um, got some good got some good love for, for Warplanes here from Paradise of Case as it's their new favorite VR flying game. Uh, so definitely recommend checking this one out. Have you tried it yet, Jamie? No, I haven't. It was just making me think of uh, this week. We got a tease as well for what might end up being Ultra Wings Two. You know, the the new yeah, game from yeah. uh, Bit Planet Games, which is also very very exciting. I know uh, Ultra Wings One was kind of a lot of people really really liked it. I think we felt it was kind of like empty as a game uh, when we first played it. But I'm I'm really looking forward to what they can do with that one next if they build it out. It's got like combat in there now, just like this. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because you know at the end of the day, this is some of the coolest, most immersive stuff you can do in VR. And just looking at this gameplay, I absolutely want to go and check this out later. Yeah, and Paradise Decay, um, it's on App Lab now, not just SideQuest, so you can check it out on App Lab as well. Yeah, as of today, right? Like I think it came out a couple of hours ago. Yeah, so definitely recommend checking it out. And um, the final game that I want to talk about for this section. Um, isn't one that we've really been actively playing a whole lot yet this week, but I do want to mm. remind you that our upload access game of the month is Wraith, oh. the Oblivion Afterlife. Um, if you haven't seen it, we have some new gameplay footage up on our YouTube channel here, as well as on UploadVR.com. Uh, four minutes of new gameplay footage. It's a really impressive looking uh, kind of horror style, stealthy, creepy game um, that I think we're pretty excited about. And, um, Jamie talked about it uh, a little bit on last week's episode, if you want to check that episode out and see uh, some more impressions from him. Uh, But this game is uh, one we're definitely excited about. And each month going forward, if you haven't heard, we're going to be spotlighting a different game that's, you know, coming down the line. Uh, This month is this particular one. Our first upload access game is Wraith. Uh, These are games that we are looking forward to games that you know we have seen indication that they might be good um that they might have some promise of being a good vr game 
obviously it doesn't guarantee a positive review. It's just like a cover story, a game informer or how IGN does their IGN first footage uh, of games, you know, like exclusive reveals. And uh, so upload access will give us kind of, uh, give us the ability to give our, our readers and viewers some insight into games that are coming out that, um, you know, we can spotlight them with ongoing coverage through a month. So um, keep an eye on what we do for upload access. I think there'll be a lot of fun games coming out this year that we can spotlight and uh, check out the new footage of Wraith. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about it? Yeah, literally, uh, as we were starting this podcast, uh, we also put live um, our history of fast travel games, which is really, really cool, really fun uh, interview. Oh, perfect. Yeah, really fun interview with the CEO, Oscar Berman. Um, we've got a really cool video to go with that and, and uh, a nice long form article if that's if you're not lazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's that's worth checking out as well. We talk about their old games. We talk about Apex Construct, Curious Tales of Stolen Pets, uh, a little bit about Budget Cuts Two, uh, and they're re- like they're very very interesting developer fast travel games. They have they come from you know Dice and Rovio and a couple of other places in Sweden, uh, Stockholm in Sweden. And I say at the start of my article, they're just a really solid. Uh, dependable developer and there aren't many of those in vr uh-huh. yet like none of their games are like stone cold classics like none of them are like five out of five some of them are three some of them are fours um but they just they just every time they put down the thing i said is sitting down or putting on a headset to play a fast travel game feels like sitting down to play a console game because they just know so much about playability and systems and depth and player engagement um and their games, you know, resemble cool, fun console games. Um, and I think yeah, so seen, there's like a, there's a certain bar of quality and um, you know completeness that you can expect. Yeah, for sure. Um, that not not every VR game has. Yeah, that's I a think, good way to put it. Um, a game that you know, like a lot of people, you know, overlook this game now because it's not new anymore. Um, but if you're into like you know relatively linear campaign style shooters with you know storylines. Uh, Apex Construct is one of the best out there. You know, mm. like that's a really good one. It's on Quest. It's on every. It's on every platform. Um, so definitely check out Apex Construct. That's what that was their first big game. And uh, if you like, you know, cute puzzle games, Curious Tale of the Stolen Pets was excellent. Um, so you know, Fast Travel is doing good stuff. I think they, you know, they're 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 on a good track here. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Quick shout out to some of the comments. G Dog Cheeseburger wants to remind everyone that in Wraith you play as a short ghost. <laughs> and uh, that's a callback to our last episode where people noticed in the footage that Jamie was crouching a lot and they all thought you <laughs> were just a very short character. <laughs> it was pretty accurate. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, height, height is a problem for me in real life and in VR. So. <laughs> Vertically I challenged, I believe, is the uh, term. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's um, that's coming out. We've got a few more things left to do with Wraith uh, throughout the month, and then it's out on cool. April twenty second, no twentieth, because the other game that's out on twenty second is Mask Maker. But more about that later. Cool, cool, awesome. Well, definitely check out our upload access coverage. You can if you go to uploadvr.com and you scroll down to like past the uh, header of the top five stories. Um, we have a little article pinned right there that says, you know, upload access, Oblivion or Wraith Oblivion's our game of the month. If you click on that, we have a link to all of our Wraith coverage there. So you can find it all in one spot. Um, so, yeah, we'll move on to our news topics. If anyone wants to recommend any other recent games they've been playing. I saw someone mention Grapple Tournament earlier. That's on Steam and on the Rift uh, Store and Oculus. 
Um, definitely let us know in the chat. Let people know we've been playing. Um, we're going to quickly move on to the news topics, though. We have a few to get through. Um, first one, I just want to quickly go over this. We don't have to discuss it too much, but uh, Population 1 is going to have a new game mode releasing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's going to run from the 12th to the 22nd here in March. It's called Super Advanced War Mode. Uh, you might remember a while back they had the War Mode. This is the Super Advanced version uh, where two massive large teams spawn on opposite sides of the map and then converge and battle it out. Um, so instead of squads of three, you had just have two big teams um, that's kind of a, it's a limited time thing, kind of a fun, you know, shift on the formula. Uh, so check that out if you're a fan of Population 1. Uh, but our first real big news topic of the day is Konami is actually releasing a Oculus Quest game. Um, yeah, so you might be thinking, oh, wait, we're going to get a, a Metal Gear game. We're going to get a Silent Hill game. We're going to get, oh my God, there's so much, there's so many possibilities. What game is it, Jamie? Can you tell us? Tell the people what game they're releasing. It's it's a really exciting new game called Beat Arena. Uh, <laughs> it's so it's actually it's actually only coming out in Japan, and it might it might be out already. Only coming out in Asia, I should say. It's in, it's in other Asian territories. Um, I mean, you we you know if you have if if you've been in the gaming industry a long time, you know that Konami uh, actually loves their music games and has a lot of success with them, right? Like going back to the PS One days, there was the Dance Mat, Dance Dance Revolution, everything like that. Uh, which has always been a really big driver for them over in the uh, physical arcade business in Japan. They've always had yeah. you know, uh, units there that are uh, always really, really popular. And if you've ever been to Japan and been to one of those arcades and seen people play on those dance map machines, it's quite an experience, let me tell I mean, you that. I, I had an actual physical dance map for my PS2. I was pretty into mm. DDR. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I had one. I, I just never was very good at it. I couldn't, I couldn't do the coordination, you know. It's, it's a tough one. But, uh, it is. Um, it is. Uh, yeah so beat arena is essentially it's essentially kind of rock band in vr what you do is you have guitars you have drumming you have a keyboard uh and then the gameplay is very much your guitar hero kind of thing notes stream at you and you have to hit the right instrument at the right time um it looks it looks really really cool uh, in in some small way that there's avatar creation, you can do things like go back in after you've recorded a performance and like control the camera to make it feel like you're actually at a concert, not playing. Um, but I just I just think it's interesting on a couple of notes because first of all, when uh, Facebook launched Quest Two, uh, they made like a a very big thing out of the fact they were gonna come to Japan in force this time and, and get Japanese developers on board. And I, I actually think we're seeing them follow through with that. It's a shame these games mm-hmm. are only releasing in Japan. Um, I mean, Konami's in well, such in a some weird cases, place. In some cases, they'll release them in Japan, then a few months later they come out on the U.S. store, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's very, very like, true. Um, and some of them aren't very good. Like the Little Witch Academia <laughs> VR... Was a yep. very was a very bad game. I was I was going to review it. Um, I ended up hating it, and then other things came out that I decided to review instead. Um, that that happens from time to time. But it was just a it was just a racing game. You go in a straight line. It was so easy. You just fly around in your broom, go through wings. Um, it was yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of these games are are very simple. Um, but one thing I will say is that um, I love this artwork. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. Like it's, it's cool. It's very. Um, recognizable, very identifiable. These characters look very unique, and um, the instruments look cool. 
Uh, so, I mean, they've nailed the, you know, the marketing material. It's a, it seems like a very mm. marketable game. Um, so I, I would be surprised if it doesn't do well. I mean, it looks interesting. And it's not just a Beat Saber clone. So, I mean, it has that going for it. Yeah, exactly. And and it also draws from music from, you know, their, their past, like all the other DDR games and stuff like that. So I think that will have... Uh, a real big draw as well. I, I hope it's good, man. I it's it's just interesting. Konami's obviously for the past few years now been in a very strange place as a publisher because they kind of fell out of favor of everyone over what happened with Metal Gear Solid Five once uh, when they fired Hideo Kojima, and uh, obviously the Silent Hills game got got cancelled as an extension of that. But yeah, so they're in a weird position, which kind of makes it really interesting that they're kind of dipping their toes into VR. I don't think we've seen many Konami games on console in the past few years, and now right. there's this. Could we see more from Konami? I mean, prob- I probably not, I'm going to guess. Can I'm, we cross I'm, our fingers in VR? Is that a thing? No? Not not yet? No, not yet. No, that's can't not. cross I fingers can in VR. Sorry. can get halfway there. <laughs> um, I, can, I can do like... Oh, no. But you, I mean, at the same time, you, you never know, right? Like maybe Facebook approach approach Konami and saying, saying, hey, we've got this. Maybe try this out. Maybe we can talk more in the future. They're doing that with Ubisoft. It would be a huge, huge get to get right. one of the Konami brands on board. I would love like a VR Castlevania game that was kind of in the style of Metroidvania. I think that would be so, so, so yes. cool. Yes. But yeah, we'll we'll just see. I, th- I yeah, it's not coming out uh, here anytime soon, at least. So. We should find out if there's a way for like, like our quests to access Japanese content. That I mean, that probably involves setting up like a Japanese Facebook account or something, right? But that's an interesting yeah, idea. I, no I hadn't idea. thought about that. I have no idea. Yeah, that's interesting. Question. I wonder if that's possible. We should look into it. Because on that. Xbox, I think you can go in and you can just change the region of your Microsoft account. Um, you don't even have to make a new account. On PlayStation, you have to make a new account. Um, mm. on switch. Yeah. I think you have to make a new account. Um, but since yeah. it's all tied to Facebook, that's the tricky part. You know, they don't want you to have a different identity. So I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Techno glitch and smash reality. I love that idea. I would love to see Rocksmith in VR. I think VR and, yes. uh, probably more accurately AR. I think they have such great potential as like musical instrument teachers. Um, I think we could like, really push that stuff forward because i'm actually like somewhat learning to play guitar at the moment I, I for the past year or so i've spent you know half an hour here or there like trying to trying to learn and it's really good the tools we have today are amazing like i subscribe to a fender thing where uh they you know they have like a metronome and like different like hundreds and hundreds of different lessons that's all really really cool but imagine you could put on like a hololens see your guitar and like see the strings you're meant to hold like yeah. light up and stuff like that and you, you could do that in vr as well like it might uh, get like another vive tracker on your guitar and, and some hand tracking could be really really cool i really you know i can't wait till that's a thing i don't think the technology is quite there yet but no uh, that's yeah. gonna be really really cool for for those unfamiliar rocksmith is an ubisoft um mm. uh, game where you plug an actual guitar into your game system and it shows you the charts on the screen like Guitar Hero, but you're playing it on an actual guitar. So it kind of teaches you how to actually play. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so that would be cool in VR. They, they do have Rock Band VR. Um, that came out a long time ago, and then it completely fizzled out and died. Um, the 
you know, the soundtrack at launch just wasn't very good. It also was only guitar, which was very strange because it was a rock band game. It wasn't mm-hmm. a Guitar Hero game. It was rock band. And they didn't even have, you know, like microphone support for the vocals. Like it was literally just guitar. I mean, yeah. there were some good ideas in it, but it kind of, you know, fell flat. Um, that would be really cool. That would be neat if they did Rocksmith or something like that. You know, because AR, I think, has great teaching potential because of the pass-through and mm-hmm. all that. You know, there was, what was the one that, um, didn't Harry try something like that on Quest where it had like hand tracking and he said it his actual, you know, piano or something like that? Then he tried yeah, he did, one that taught he, you. He did try out something like that. And, it, you know, it was just, again, one of those like, there's potential there. Uh, you yeah. could see it one day. There is, and there, there is a unplugged coming to Quest as well, which is a hand tracking guitar hero kind of experience. But it's it's more air guitar though, right? It's not like yeah, educational. It is. Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, that's the idea behind it. Smash reality. It will take a lot more than a five dollar donation for me to try and play guitar live on the download. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. I wouldn't well, name look my at price. Heaney. Look at Heaney pulling up these videos just so fast. Mm. Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, there's so much potential here. This is going to be such an awesome, positive use of these technologies when it's when it's ready, right? Like, because Rocksmith already is really, really good. At the end of the day, like using that interactive element of a game is such a powerful thing. And plus, if I can earn trophies learning to play guitar, then that's you know that's just a dream, really. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, Watch the space for Konami and musical video games, VR video games. Yeah, I think we're just going to rebrand the channel. Yeah, basically. Maybe we should just turn it into the, the best VR concert app. We would actually be a lot better than other ones because we'd be live and not just the stream. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the next news topic, and it's switching gears here completely, is uh, the next game from Turbo Button. Uh, that is the f- uh, Floor Plan 2 um, so if you have been in VR for, you know, five plus years, then you might recall the name Turbo Button. Uh, they're a VR developer that worked on the Adventure Time game, which was on Gear VR. It came to Steam as well. Um, they also uh, made the original floor plan, which should not be a surprise. Uh, this was kind of an, <laughs> an escape room puzzle game, but it takes place entirely in an elevator. So you go up and down to different floors of this like hotel where each room is like this strange, different dimension. And you have to you know like, get items from one room, go to the next floor, and then use them in another room and solve puzzles. And it was very zany, very quacky. Um, it, was, it kind of like had the personality of a Squanch game. You know, like mm-hmm. it felt like, you know, this game and Trover would like get along if they met at a party. Um, you know, so this game looks impressive. You know, I'm excited. Floor Plan 2, it's it's kind of rare that we get a sequel to a VR game in general, mm-hmm. you know, because there hasn't been out very long. But um, so I'm excited. Turbo Button does good stuff. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, they. Uh, so the first one was like it only took like an hour to beat, but I thought it was a really, really, really cool experience. Uh, this one they're saying is going to be like longer. It's going to be like maybe four to five hours. They're going to like have the chance to like remix the puzzles that you've already done, so you can go back and try them again. Uh, and there'll be free content and stuff like that. I just in that trailer, I love the character designs. It's like it, it looks a little like VR Sesame Street, right? Like, and I think uh-huh. that's really, really cool. Um, I think the Turbo Button guys are great. I think they've done some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, look at some of this stuff. Like, exploring this in VR is going to be a lot of fun. Like, seeing some of these characters pop and whatever you're doing there with that 
little creature thing. What's new about this one is you can actually get off the uh, elevator at each floor um, mm. and, and walk around and explore. So you're not just limited to that single space anymore. And then they've done the kind of, you know, elongated arms thing. So you can, you can reach out a bit better and whatnot. But yeah, I'm uh, looking yes. forward to this. Oh, Onakazi, I, I, you're, you caught me. I said quacky by accident. It was a combination of quirky and wacky. It's a new <laughs> word. I think I just, I just discovered a new word, everybody. So there you yep. go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Stamp it. It's ours now. No one else can say it. We're, we're pa- <laughs> patenting that word. Um, no. Yeah, I, this was a pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's out April 1st. Not a, not a joke. I can't wait for April 1st to be done. This It's just the worst, man. Yeah, I you, haven't looked forward to that in the video game world in a very long time. Um, you don't you know. Un- understand the pain of April 1st unless you're a journalist. And it's literally <laughs> just a day of existential crisis. And you don't know if you can trust anything, any headline, if someone's just trying to laugh at you or, you know, there's something genuine going on. And I, every every year I dread it. And and then April 2nd is like the best day of the year because it's the furthest you can be from April Fool's Day again. That's true. That's true. Mm. I, I, I will never forgive IGN for their Zelda trailer. Yep. Because um, <laughs> th- they they made it too good. You know, it was like... Because back when that came out, you know, like if you go back in time and look at other trailers for TV shows at that time, um, you know, because if you watch it now, you think, oh, that doesn't look very high budget. Well, that's because trailers weren't that great back then. <laughs> first of all, you know, like that actually looked like a legitimate trailer for a Zelda movie. And man, I'm I'm still salty about that. I don't know who was in charge of that, but if I ever meet them, I'm going to. Uh, I don't know. I might fart and walk away and not tell them. That, that's what I'll oh do. Oh, my God. There you go. Wow, that, yeah. that, got, that got darker and yet somehow lighter than I was expecting at the same time. <laughs> a techno glitch said, oh, I hear there's a new HCC Vive coming out on April 1st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Who knows whether to trust that? That's probably probably true at this point. Yeah. We're not yeah. talking we're not talking about the um the new Vive trackers and the new uh facial trackers, really, because not only are they new technology, which we would talk about on Monday's show. They also they also kind of never really relate to games, right? Like the the Vive trackers are such cool ideas, but they've never really taken off on a consumer level because they're so expensive. At the end of the day, on top of an already expensive set of uh, you know Steam VR tracking gear and whatnot. So right, uh, yeah, that's why we're not kind of talking about those. I I wouldn't expect them to have much impact beyond the enterprise VR market again, especially the facial tracker, which again is really, really cool, but probably for high end VR chat users at, uh, at the most, I would imagine. Yeah. But if, if you want to talk about a company that owns a very specific niche of a niche of a niche, then uh, look no further than HCC because they got that. <laughs> they got that market cornered. Let me tell you. <laughs> Cool. Uh, so shifting gears, once again, our final news topic of the day. This is kind of a conglomerate topic that I've added a couple different headlines into. Um, but we've already talked a little bit about App Lab today on the show and, um, you know, just the Quest ecosystem in general. And I think it's worth noting that um, Facebook seems to be aware that App Lab has proven very popular, um, not only in terms of consumers accessing games, but also in terms of de- developers submitting their games to uh, the App Lab Store, which is um, obviously, if if you're not aware, App Lab is a new 
way to access games on Quest where they do do not show up in the normal Quest store. You cannot put on your Quest and then look at games available on App Lab. That doesn't exist. So instead, you have to either get a URL link from the developer themselves that takes you directly to the store page where you can then add it to your account. Or um, on the app, on the mobile app, you can sometimes find the game if you search the exact title in the search bar. Um, that doesn't even work all the time. Um, so it's kind of a almost a hidden secret menu of VR content on the Quest. Like you have restaurants sometimes that have a secret menu. The App Lab is the secret menu for the Quest kind of in a way. And um, so there's a good and bad to App Lab. You know, we, we've discussed that in previous episodes if you want to get into the weeds of it. Um, but they only have three people at Oculus that are going through App Lab submissions right now. Um, so like looking at a game, looking at the marketing assets, looking at the descriptions, playing the content, seeing if it's up to quality enough, giving feedback, like all the process of getting something accepted onto Quest. Only three people are doing that for all of App Lab right now. Mm. Um, so Facebook says they're going to be ramping that up, which is good. Um, a lot more games are coming out now. It used to just be one, two, one or two a week. Now, I think we got 10 this week so far, which is a lot of new App Lab content. Um, so, I mean, it's 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 going well, right? I mean, it's just, I, I hope they expand App Lab over time. Like, um, do you think they're handling it well so far, Jamie? Yeah, I think so. I <sighs> I mean, everyone says like, oh, the the uh, the well is drying up a bit because you know they're they're taking so long to get through those submissions. Obviously, that ended this week, but at the same time, I kind of I'm kind of in between on App Lab at the moment because everyone's like, well, these releases are slowing down, but at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, but they're all very good <laughs> at the end of the day, and that's the reason <laughs> that many of them are on App Lab, and some of them are fantastic, don't get me wrong. So There are some really, really cool experimental ideas out there. Some of them are just early access versions of games that will probably one day go on to be on the Quest store. Um, and then there's stuff out there that, yeah, it, it would be really cool if it did end up making it to the Quest store instead of being on App Lab. Like, I, I do think that World War I uh, Warplanes game definitely, hopefully has a future on the uh, Oculus Quest Store, but we'll see. Uh, it's I I sympathize with those free uh uh submission people because not only are they having to like review these games, they again they're gonna have to be re- reviewing some really broken stuff at the end of the day, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And it must be must be hard, tedious work. So I'm glad they're ramping it up. I'm glad we'll we'll see more. But I don't know about App Lab so far. I think it's really cool. I'm very glad it's there. I've always wanted more experimental stuff on Quest. Um I'm just waiting for like, it sounds silly, but like killer app lab apps or something like that. Like something that really defines yeah, yeah. The, yeah. what it can do that you can't get on uh, on the Quest Store already. Essentially. Yeah, I think pushing boundaries is super important. And uh, Techno Glitch, I do think there's plenty of reason to use SideQuest still. Um, the short and simple answer is that it's a great discoverability tool for new app lab mm-hmm. content because there's no way to discover app lab content unless someone gives you a link. Um, so SideQuest is great because App Lab games are listed on SideQuest. So if you go to SideQuest, you can go to the App Lab section and find games there. Also, if there are games on SideQuest that aren't on App Lab that you'd like, um, you know, leaving a review on SideQuest, downloading it, checking it out, you know, buying it on SideQuest, all of those things can contribute to the game getting more recognition to then get it on App Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a great way to support games and developers you'd like. Um, so even though App Lab exists, SideQuest is still great because of the of the uh, visibility. You know, it's a great marketing tool for developers to use. And mm-hmm. um, Oculus even specifically said that in their blog post about App Lab that they encourage people to still use SideQuest. 
And um, also, like Smash Reality said, um, there's a lot of other feature sites Quest enables. You can access files in Quest easily. You can sideload other content. Um, you can run debug commands to you know record widescreen footage like we do in our videos here at Upload. Um, so lots of lots of uses, lots of use cases. Um, so I think it's it's good they're going to be adding to that team, expanding it. It's definitely needed. Um, you know, I think within the first week of App Lab being announced, um, you know, I think they're still working through those submissions. Probably, like it seems like a lot of these games that are still trickling out are games that developers told me they submitted within days of App Lab being announced. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's it's taken a while to get through stuff, and um, who knows what kind of you know content they're having to shovel through because it's uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's the Wild West. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, on a related note, we actually just published a story at UploadVR.com right before we went live here um, that based on some new figures from Facebook in a recent interview, uh, it sounds like um, around 17%, almost 20% of the company's employees now work on VR slash AR um, at Facebook, which is a lot of people. That's mm. that's a lot of people. I think... Um, what was it in the article that Ian said? I think a three, two, two or three years ago, only around five percent of the company was working on AR VR, and the company was much smaller back then. It was only a few thousand people, but now uh, the company is, you know, obviously huge. They have you know tens of thousands of employees, and twenty percent of those are working on VR AR, uh, which is a good sign. You know, it shows their investment, their dedication to the medium, their excitement um, and eagerness for the industry to take off, and um, all that good stuff. And um, regardless of your opinions on uh, Facebook as a company, I think it's a good sign for VR to to show um, you know that kind of commitment to it. Does would that include? Um, I haven't read the article, so I don't know. Will that include Beat Games, Ready at Dawn, Sanzaru? That's I'm sure be, right? it must. Like, yeah, they are technically Facebook employees now. That, that that must include them. And then there's like the internal strike team as well that put out those new. Hand lab, uh, hand tracking things on App Lab last week. That's if, if that includes that figure. That's that's very very uh, interesting. If not, then it's potentially even bigger, which is which is cool. And there you go. That's it's linked in the chat now. If you want to check that out, Ian uh, just published that shortly before we went live. And uh, Smash Reality Heaney can feel free to correct me in my ear right now if I am incorrect. But my understanding is the mouth tracking is um, from the Oculus Avatar SDK. That's not something he did himself at all. Um, but I think he has improved the hand tracking. He's done some stuff to make this a little better, is what I Heaney, understand. Heaney's got uh, Heaney God's powers do do have some limits. Yes, I do. I do believe it's. Uh, I mean, do they? Or is it him <laughs> choosing to hold back? That's the question. Give Facebook this one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it could be that. Yeah. Look at all these happy Facebook employees. Look at that. Well, yeah, that's a real good thing, isn't he? The la- the labs of reality at the book of faces. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Confirmation in the chat is Oculus Lip Sync SDK. He even linked to the developer page for it because he is fast with the fingers on the internet. There he goes. Thank you. Mm. Thank you very much. And uh, do we have any other news topics that we want to cover before we get into our big discussion um, topic of the day? I don't think so. It's been kind of a kind of a slow week compared to it other has, weeks this year, has. where like. They announced PSVR 2 or launched App Labs and whatnot. <laughs> Casually. Uh, just the normal week. The, the biggest news of the week was something that ended up not even being that exciting. And that was HTC teasing, you know, 
So, yeah, and they'll, they'll talk about that more on Monday. If you're curious to know how, um, you know, Ian and Heaney slash Kyle, whichever one joins, uh, feels about that, then uh, you can tune in on Monday. Uh, my, my opinion is they don't have games. I don't care. So that's that's how I feel. Got claws. <clears throat> let me, let me see. Our, our big topic of the week is... Uh, this is a new topic that we have manufactured ourselves to, to discuss. This is not based on anything. Um, this is just a random thing that Jamie decided he wanted to do, and I think he did a great job, and that is oh, our you. ranking from worst to best of every single PSVR exclusive game. All 31 PSVR mm. exclusives ranked from worst to best. He he went through and he spent hundreds of hours playing. No, I'm just kidding. But um, uh, a, a lot of these games we had already reviewed. Um, many of them he reviewed himself already. So um, ranking them um, was more of a, uh, a labor of love than anything. And um, if you want to check that out, it's live at uploadvr.com. It is a full ranking of every single PSVR exclusive. And I think your bottom barrel game was Eden Tomorrow. Is that correct? Yeah, which was surprising to me because when I went back, uh, and to you know to make this list, I had to think about every PSVR exclusive in the past. Well, yeah, getting on for five years now, um, and I had to go through all our reviews. Uh, I was expecting to find something that was so ghastly and unforgotten that that I would be surprised about. I think originally I thought uh, Weeping Doll was going to be on there, but I think that that ended up coming to Steam VR, and Weeping Weeping Doll is just garbage it's about like 30 minutes and i think all that happens in the entire game is like you walk upstairs someone talks to you in a creepy voice and then you walk back downstairs and that's pretty much the end of the game and it's like how did Uh, this get uh, on the stop stop i'm I'm getting terrified already (laughs) (laughs) um but eden tomorrow so yeah i I always kind of feel bad because i gave eden tomorrow a four out of ten it's not it's not dreadful it's not the worst game ever it's not you know complete like compared to half the stuff on steam vr like if you're counting like all the shovelware that comes out you know every five minutes it's actually pretty good well, but was, it was such, that game the mega rats that we played on vr roulette that one time mega rats where where i had no control of the camera whatsoever i was just facing square down as my character oh. was just randomly fired across an entire map well, what an yeah, excellent that stream that was that, that was an all-time great Right there. That was that was a VR roulette game through and through. That's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a shame. It, you know, Robinson: The Journey, uh, the Crytek mm-hmm. game, which is pretty good. Quite nice looking. Uh, some fun puzzles. Some good design. Eden Tomorrow is everything that game uh, wasn't. It's boring. It's slow. There's really, really terrible, like cheap, unfair jump scares. It just goes on and on and on. And 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 to be like clear like some of these games that i've are down the bottom of the uh list i i don't take pleasure in saying they're bad like i feel like this had a lot of really earnest expectations and there were some really cool ideas in it like you know controlling that drone and and going to see the alien wildlife and the planet and like visually here it looks quite nice it's just i i it's one of those games i just couldn't wait to be over and it just went on and on and well, I mean, on. I think I think we've seen plenty of examples, you know, throughout the history of mankind that a, a good trailer a, a does not make a good game, you know? Yeah. And um, this is a great game that looks great in trailers. I think another excellent, mm. excellent example was Seeking Dawn. That was a game oh, that you yeah. know, trailered very well. Um, that's now a verb, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> so I think Adam has a good point. Megarets is now the game upon which all other VR games are measured. So you say you gave this four Megarets out of ten. Is that how many mm, Megarets yeah, you gave this one? Essentially. Okay. But then, hang on. Does that does that mean Megarets gets ten out of ten? No, Megarets is the zero. one. All right, no, okay, it's, okay. It's the one, yeah. So how and many? You are, how many megarets worth is? Yeah, there you go. So you like a, a, a two out of ten is like double the amount of megarets. Okay. That's, yes. Yes. I'm exactly. glad. I'm glad to see that <laughs> visualized in my mind. I can. I'm going to have a lot less conflict reviewing games from now on. That's that's good to know. Um, yeah. Some some other stuff that was like lower down in the list. Uh, like we had Dino Frontier, which I thought was cool. It was like nice, colorful game, but. It was probably about an hour's worth of content in a if, town building. If I sim? remember correctly, isn't that game the guy that founded that company? Didn't he go on to make Falcon Age? That's very possible, actually. Now, am I getting him confused? It. Well, it, it could be it's, wrong. It's Uber Entertainment. They did uh, Wayward Sky as well, and Wayward Sky is a game I'm actually quite a big fan. Well, maybe, of. Well, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Uh, of. Maybe. The uh, next one on the list, a uh, number twenty nine, is one that I want to talk about briefly. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Um, uh, this is Bravo Team. Um, the, so this game has a lot of weirdness for me. First of all, the first event I played it at was PlayStation Experience back in like twenty seventeen. At the same mm. event, I played Firewall Zero Hour for the first time. And let me tell you, playing those two games back to back is very it's it's whiplash. Like that is the most <laughs> whiplash that has ever whiplash for me. And the reason being is that Firewall Zero Hour is a tactical Rainbow Six style shooter on PSVR. Bravo Team is a game where you run from cover point to cover point with no control over how you move or where you go. Um, Mm -hmm. Just kind of like Time Crisis, but without all of the things that made Time Crisis fun and unique. Instead, it is just a very bland, generic, um, you know, hoorah military shooter um, you know, level designs are boring. It's just, you know, wayside cover to wayside cover. Um, it's extremely scripted. Uh, voice acting wasn't very good. Um, it just, it left a lot to be desired. I, I think that Crisis Brigade shows that you can have a good cover-based shooter without much movement. Um, but mm-hmm. Bravo Team just kind of failed in every way at what it was trying to do, other than the production value being good and the aim controller making it more fun than it should have been. Mm. Um, and the other weird thing about this is that it's a super massive game. This is the yep. this is the same developer that made Until Dawn, Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Like Bravo Team is such a weird outlier for them that I don't it does doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, and wasn't that like something like when the game first launched? And I know it got patched, but when it when it first launched, weren't the guns like massive? I remember everyone playing it and being like, "Why are these guns so?" big they look like giant like duplo toys or something like that which i thought was really really funny and they did get an it did get an update which you know made it better but at the same day at the same time like exactly it's super massive games they should they should do better <laughs> and uh yeah yeah i would i would love to know the story behind that one because it just it just reeks of sony coming to super massive games and saying we need military shooters for psvr you have like half a year and like half the budget you would usually get for a game like this go and make it that's i don't know if that's what happened but it's just that so seems to what like that game is right yeah i think the next couple we can kind of skip through quickly we have um, yeah 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 separation, separation stardust, stardust odyssey, odyssey. Uh, here they lie i think if i remember correctly that was a launch title for psvr it's a horror game yep. and uh it just wasn't very good it was all right yeah, 
Wayward Sky was one again. I I quite like Wayward Sky. I have a a soft spot for it. Like lovely, gorgeous art. I loved that uh, when you wanted to move around, it went to third person, like diorama style view. And then when you wanted to interact with something, it went first person. But it just wasn't long enough. Just uh, didn't give you enough depth to really uh, linger in the mind. But again, very very cool, nice one. I would I would recommend people go back and and look at that on a sale at some point. Uh, another super massive one at 24, which is, again, probably something you want to talk about, the Impatient. Yeah, the Impatient was interesting. It um, That's a game that is like a prequel to the Until Dawn series. Yep. Um, I I liked it okay. It was it was a little short, and it ended far too early. It was, you know, kind of uh, like it, it was one of those games that's like whenever it feels like it's building up to the final act, it's over. Mm. Um, you know, kind of thing. Like it felt like they just maybe they ran out of time, or I don't know exactly what happened. But the cool thing about it is it's all very heavily dependent on sound, and you know, like being able to, the mic hearing your voice, so you can read out your dialogue options to NPCs when you're talking to them, rather than having to use the controller, which is really cool. I love stuff like that. And um, there's also moments where you have to be quiet so the monsters can't you know find you or track you, uh, which is cool. So there's like a lot of elements of that to it. Uh, which was pretty neat. Um, so yeah, I thought that one was interesting. It, I, I, I think I gave it like a seven or a seven point five back at launch. Um, I, I enjoyed it, you know, pretty well. But um, obviously, it could have been, uh, it, it could have been better. And I, I'm still waiting for Supermassive to get back to doing an Until Dawn Russia Blood style game because um, we'll talk about the game more later and later on in the list because it's higher up. But that that was that was one that I'm looking forward to seeing something on again, hopefully. Yeah, uh, Luca. Just just before we continue with the list, Luca, your right quest con- uh, quest two controller has stopped responding. Has this happened to anyone else? Uh, I've never had that issue. I don't think. Although these things can be pretty uh, temperamental, can't they? Uh, I don't know. Have you tried like all the usual stuff, like resetting the headset and uh, maybe like rebooting it or whatnot? That might be that might be worth trying. Or you know. Replacing the battery, maybe I don't know. That can always be, that can always be a thing. Um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, so we had Mini Mac Mayhem, which uh, a developer I really, really like, Future Lab. A great, great game. I thought actually, it's just one of those games that uh, it's like a tabletop multiplayer thing, and the multiplayer aspects you just know you're not going to find anyone to play it with, which makes it really, really hard to to recommend. Sadly, Golem at twenty two. I don't know if Brian from PSVR without parole is still here, but we we argue about this a lot because he loves Golem. I think Golem is a very, very stubborn game. I think its control scheme just basically doesn't really work. And not at all. People insist that it does, but at the end of the day, the only way I figured out how to move in that game was by straining my neck and like looking at the floor as I moved and thinking, I want to be taking in this world, but I can't. The combat is has very very solid ideas on paper uh, and it is fun when it works but again using playstation move controllers and stuff found it to be a bit of a hassle getting the right kind of tactile feel out of it it's a shame because it was it was such a weird experience with golem it had been gone for so long it took it was in development for like four years and at one point it was meant to come out like the next month and then it was delayed for like a year and a half and we never really found out why and then because of all of that it didn't quite released to the kind of fanfare i think everyone was hoping it would um but you know i'd love to see like i'd love to see developer highwire games tackle that again i think 
they've actually moved on to make that six days in Fallujah game, which, you know, we'll see how that works out for them. Um, but uh, after that, we've got uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, which is, again, an interesting one because uh, I think quite rightly at the time you reviewed it saying this is just a demo disc and it's not that interesting as a game, especially am- among the lineup on PSVR. I think the interesting yeah. thing about PSVR uh, Worlds is two of its experiences for sure have have stood the test of time, right? And that is Ocean Descent and London Heist. Yeah, I'm. I I, I like those. I I thought the uh, the one where you lay on the board with the wheels and go down the hill was. It was a fun like ten minute thing, and personally, I really liked the one where you play pong with your face. I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. I think it was pong, um, but there's. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that. Yeah, where there's like an enemy where you're going against them and you have to try to get the ball past them and you yeah. have to slam the ball with your face. And it, it was just so much fun. I think there was a lot of potential to expand on that idea. Um, they never did. But I thought uh, it was a cool one. But obviously, you know, London Heist became Blood and Truth. Uh, so that's awesome. That's, you know, if that's the only thing that we got out of PSVR Worlds, it was still worth it. Um, but Ocean Descent, you know, like you said, that's another one that, is to this day still one of the best first demos for VR I think that's out there. And um, it's it's a great one because it's entirely passive. You just put a headset on someone, you tell them, okay, you're going to go underwater, and that's it. And it's like a 10, 15-minute little you know, experience with you know, going, seeing jellyfish and fish swim around and then a, you know, a shark encounter. And it's, it's, it's still great. You know? I, I like it a lot, and I, I hope and wish that they would expand that into something uh, more, you know, elaborate. I think a lot of people love Subnautica and um, mm. because it kind of is a great example of how immersive, you know, an underwater game can be in VR. And um, what was the one that was on gear VR for so long? Um, blue something. Oh, the what, the blue. Uh, Ocean Rift the, maybe is the one. Oh, I'm Ocean Rift is, is, is from the guy that made Crashland as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's Ocean Rift was is another one that it was just a staple of my demo, um, you know, a list for the longest time. Uh, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely think Ocean Descent stands up still. And uh, yeah, I think it's. I, I hope they they do something with that again in the future. I think there's potential there. Yeah, for sure. And moving on, we've got uh, Tumble VR, which is another super massive game. They sure like making psvr titles uh always thought that was cool the uh the stacking in that i thought was really really good very uh tactile a uh, very literal demonstration of what you can do with vr and the space vr provides tiny tracks at number 19 again future lab same thing as mini mech mayhem i actually think this is this would be one of psvr's best games if it had ever found a community but it just didn't so it didn't go anywhere but it's basically micro machines in vr which is not or scale electrics in vr which is not an idea we've seen uh, explored enough, I would say. Uh, yeah, and yeah. That mechanically, this game was was really, really tough to like. It had a very steep learning curve at the start. If you've played any of other of uh, Future Labs other games, like uh, the Velocity games, they're very good at making these mechanically intricate, like like shoot 'em ups and stuff like that. And they they translated that here really, really well. It's just I think people wanted something a bit more accessible for the type of game it was. I think would be higher up if it had managed to sustain a community. And and this is a game that unfortunately didn't get to do that all because the developer closed down shortly afterwards, which is 
Riggs Mechanized yeah. Combat League. And uh, what a shame, man. Like, that was such a cool, ambitious VR title for the time. I liked Riggs a lot. Yeah, it was. It, I, I would say it was probably my favorite game from the PSVR launch lineup. Maybe I had a few others I preferred, but it was, yeah, it was, it would be a long time again until we saw another multiplayer shooter in VR with this kind of depth and uh, amount of options. And, and, and especially on PSVR, it didn't really come about again until firewall, I would say. And it's such a shame that Sony, uh, Sony chose to, to close down Gorilla Cambridge uh, when they did, because with some proper support, Riggs could have been a really, really fantastic, really long-running VR game. So it's not as uh, not as high as I would have liked it to have been. But you you reviewed that one right back in the day. Yeah, I liked it because um, all of the different rigs were very unique. There were a lot of different weapons. Um, it, it was a little light on like game modes and you know arenas and stuff like that because the mm-hmm. the format kind of grew old a little bit, but. There was a great foundation there to build on. Um, there was no, there were there like there wasn't really a campaign, which kind of hurt it. You know, it was more of a like career mode, like a lot of sports games have, where you just oh you're you know you're a new pilot in the mechanized combat league, go out there and make a name for yourself. And that's it was just kind of like oh go fight some bots and you know then go <laughs> online. But that was the entire game. Um, yeah. But the foundation was so good. It was just so fun. Um, it was a great you know showcase for how. Um, much head tracking can add to a game, even if it's still being played with a gamepad, um, because you know you had you know the 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 mech unit itself, and then you could turn your head to look around and aim different weapons and stuff. And it was it was a lot of fun. And um, I mean, other than Archangel Hellfire, there hasn't really been another really good mech game in VR, which is super weird. Mm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Rigs, rest in peace. I, I liked Rigs a lot. Yeah, there was. Do you remember there was that really funny uh, like tribute to it in Horizon Zero Dawn? Like there was like this bit in the game where like you opened up like a portal to other worlds and stuff like that, and they had uh, a rig really? match behind one of the. I haven't played Horizon yeah. yet. It's oh, very well, high on my list. Spoilers for that, but yeah, yeah. So well, that makes me want to play it more. That's awesome. We uh, we remember you fondly, Riggs, and uh, we we hope. Yeah, Vox Vox Machina is a good uh, mech game. Um, Paradise. Yep, okay, uh, I like that one too. Yeah, it was, I wish it one was would come to Quest. Uh, I don't know why there isn't a good mech game on Quest. It seems like a yeah. strange omission. They could get someone to do like a Pacific Ring game. There was like a uh, like a, one of those movie tie-ins, like the terrible ten-minute one. So that's like a three sixty video. But they should do like a proper game. Someone should fund that. That would be so 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 yeah, cool. Let's get a let's get a like a real Pacific Rim game. Let's do it. Uh, moving on, number seventeen. Do you do you want to talk about? Monsters of the Deep Final Fantasy 15? Uh, I mean, if you no, like no. <laughs> fishing, it's kind of fun, I guess. It's it's a fishing game with Final Fantasy characters. It's I mean, there's like boss fights. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, I mean there's there's not much to say about it. The the fishing works well. It's fun. Mm. What about Table of Tales, The Crooked Crown at number 16? That was I, I mean Oh, okay. Well, then definitely not. That, I mean, they had a really, really, again, a really, really cool idea. Uh, the tabletop, uh, like, manifestation of VR stuff, you know, like, in, dipping into reality, but then yeah. also enhancing it with what VR could do. Uh, I was reading our review. Yeah, we said it was a very cool, but maybe kind of a bit shallow attempt at, uh, at the genre. But 
yeah, it's 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 one of those ones. Sony sometimes like gets involved with these games and funds these games that have such cool ideas, and the announcement gets quite a lot of hype, but then you just don't really hear about them again, and then they yeah kind of yeah. just appear out of the blue. And this was definitely one of those. Um, so I think I think that's a bit of a shame. We gave I gave number fifteen to I don't know I've I've lost all confidence in how to pronounce this. I'm going to say Deracine, but I've heard people say Deracine. Oh, you said Deracine, which is fantastic. <laughs> I love that. I think I might just call it that from now on. Um, which I I have a again real soft spot for this game. This is a you like this a lot game. when it came out. Yeah, and everyone else seemed to hate it, which made me question myself. Um, it's uh, like it's from the developers of Dark Souls, but it is about as far away as you could get from Dark Souls. There's no combat oh, yeah. in the game. It's entirely story driven. Um, very like ye old English. Uh, you go to a boarding school. You're a fairy. All the nice, quaint little children want to play with you, and you have like a kind of Narnia style adventure, I guess you would say. I thought there was some really fun puzzles in this game. I really enjoyed interacting with the characters, uh, especially towards the end. And it's a real oddity, like a real PSVR diamond in the rough, like seek it out if you if you have an interest in narrative VR experiences. I Yeah, I'm fond of Jurassine. I, uh, I hope to see it again one day. Um, Everybody's Golf VR 14. I feel like, again, that's kind of a game that, like, it should be higher, but it it didn't it didn't quite grab you in the way that the actual like flat screen uh, everybody's golf games do. I think that's probably a fair way to describe yeah, that one. And there wasn't a ton of content either. I think that kind of hurt it a little bit. And um, yeah. you know, the move controllers just aren't accurate enough. You know, like it's just yeah, the, the tech is so old at this point that. Um, I, I would love to play another golf game on PSVR that has this sort of, you know, Japan charm, I guess you could say. But, uh, you know, because like Walkabout works great on Quest. I, I love Walkabout mini golf. It's a lot of fun. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think this is a game where the platform held it back a little bit. Um, yeah, I hope they return to it and try it again. Well, I mean, that it, it goes back to what we were talking about uh, like a week or two ago about like the reorganization of Sony Japan. This is a Sony Japan game, if I'm not wrong um and it's such a shame because you want sony japan to survive and be there to try this again on psvr2 but it doesn't it sounds like we've probably seen the end of everybody's golf based on on that news a couple of weeks ago which is a real real shame um yeah number 13 how we saw uh, a really again another really nice narrative vr game another very very obscure one and we all know i'm a big fan of those uh, same for bound which was it bounds an interesting one because uh, there's a very interesting line in our review that is, uh, if I were to re- score the 2D version of Bound, uh, which is a not a game but an experience where you control kind of a ballerina and go through these levels, and there's just some really incredible uh, visual work, some amazing animation work going on with it. And they said in the review that if they scored the 2D version, which came out first, they would score it really, really low. But it was just brought to life in in VR. And it's actually, we actually gave it a nine out of 10. So it's actually one of our highest rated uh, PSVR exclusives. Um, definitely one that you should go and check out uh, if you have the chance. Let's, let's, let's move on to the top 11 because we should definitely talk about Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, yeah. which is a game you're a big fan of. Yeah, I think this game has, um, it's, it's gotten better with age, I kind of feel yeah. like, because 
Um, it's it's a type of game that is still just completely unique. There's nothing else like it, um, which is not something I expected. When I played this game, I thought, oh, wow, you know, like I'm in a, a roller coaster, so it takes me through a linear level, but it's also a horror game, and it's a shooter. Now, I thought, like, this makes perfect sense. I'm seated. I'm in a minecart that's moving, um, but I'm grounded with the roller coaster around me, and I've got this incredible you know, horror driven narrative that's being unfolded in front of me with, you know, like really good voice acting, great story. Um, I thought that was going to be a type of game that we would see a lot of, and it just didn't happen. Um, Mm. I I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. Um, This is one of the only VR games that the entirety of my playthrough took place over the course of a single night. I was so hooked on it. And my wife sat there with me the entire, well, at that time, I think she wasn't even my fiance yet. Um, she sat there with me the entire time and just watched me play through the whole thing. She was completely just enraptured with it, just watching it on the screen and, you know, enjoying all the jump scares and watching me jump and get scared. And there were a few times where she would jump before I jumped and it made me scared. And it was, it's just such a great game. Like, it's so much fun. I think it's around, if I remember correctly, around five or six hours long. So it's not super, super long, but it's got a good chunk of content in it. Um, there's some good difficulty near the end. Um, you know, the entire game takes place on that one track. Some of the levels are replayable because you can choose different paths. Like you can choose which way the track goes. So there's a little bit of replayability there. Lots of hidden collectibles you can shoot. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. It's it's a good one. Yeah, it, I think it's right what you said about, about it getting better with age because I think if you look at the PSVR community, it has real staying power. People on like the subreddit and everything, they talk about it all the time still. Here's, here's, here's a... Jamie Felton confession that won't surprise you. I have not beaten until yeah, I have yeah. not beaten yeah. until dawn. <laughs> I, this is this is everything I do not want in a VR game. I do not want spiders <laughs> screaming in my face and ghosts trying to chop my head off. That is it's just not going to happen for me. But I have tremendous respect for what they did, and I think of all of them, this is the one that has me wanting Supermassive to come back for PSVR two for sure. Do, do and, you think we st- are far enough removed from this game's launch and until Dawn's launch for me to talk a little spoiler talk a little bit? I mean, it's been years, if, if you're talking right? about like the the setup of the game, that's not even I don't even really consider that a huge spoiler. Yeah, so I mean, in, in until Dawn one of the main characters in the game turns out to be the villain, right? He has like a psychotic break. He goes crazy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, So this game, Russia blood, you play from the point of view of that character while he is going through his mental breakdown. So the game is essentially a metaphor for his mental breakdown. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's all all I'm going to say. It's not too much of a spoiler. And RG, this game's five years old until Don is seven years old. Like, Get over it. <laughs> but 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 also but also when you say he turns out to be the villain, that's not. He's not. I, it, that's not a spoiler for the entire game at all. Yeah. Like, like it's, and I, I didn't even say who it was. Yeah. I didn't say who it was. So yeah, that's yeah. very true. That's um, very very true. I, you know what? Whenever we get back to streaming games again, I think this would be a fun one to do. I think this would be a fun one to do like a, a retrospective stream on. Because I think we're at that point now where games are like five plus years old in VR, where we can have a retrospective look back mm. at a at a VR game and see how it aged. I will I will sit and I will sit on that stream and watch you play it, and then I'll I'll count that as me <laughs> having been. I feel like if you had written this list, or if we'd been a bit more collaborative, maybe we'd have swapped. Be very different. Well, we'd we'd swap these two around for sure. 
I mean, you probably push this one a little. Oh, further until back. dawn would probably be higher than ten. Okay, or eleven. Okay, for me. So I put I put static at ten. Garbage. Um, Garbage. <laughs> static is such a cool, clever little game. Um, it has really, really amazing puzzles and such a great idea for VR. The idea is that you're holding your DualShock 4 controller uh, and then in the virtual world, it kind of treats that as if like you've got these kind of weird contraptionized handcuffs on and everything on the contraption is like a puzzle and you kind of have to figure out these very unique, very different individual puzzles in every, every level. Um Still to this day, some of the coolest VR design I've ever seen. I th- it's it's a shame the game is so short, um, but it has a really fun, interesting, ambiguous story, which is something I'm always a really, really big fan of. It has that kind of Portal 2, Portal 1 kind of level of mystery to it. I can't uh, recommend this game enough if you have that, like any love for that kind of like real brain teasery, uh, real sitting there and trying to work out what's going on behind the scenes kind of VR game. Um, it's it's made by the guys that made Little Nightmares and Little Nightmares 2, which came out last month. If, oh, if really? That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Tarsia. Um, yeah, and they, so, you know, that's a studio that knows how to get in your head. Um, yeah. And yeah. and this is definitely a game that, uh, that cool. knows how to get in your head. Number nine, Far Point. Interesting choice, I think. Uh, you, Farpoint is a strange game to talk about because I, I think we were saying this in the podcast the other week, right? It's a pretty simple game in terms of design. It's literally a corridor shooter. Yeah, we were definitely talking about this the other week. It's literally a yeah, corridor yeah, yeah. shooter. Um, but it's just entirely enhanced by the aim controller. It's it's such a fantastic magical experience once you're holding that thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it goes back to what I was saying about Russia Blood, where Farpoint's a game where I thought, oh, you know, this is a great proof of concept. It shows a linear campaign shooter can work great in VR, and controller is excellent. And I thought to myself, like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see what other kind of more robust, expansive games like this we get. And then we basically got none. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there have been very, very few um, single-player campaign shooters and it's a shame because I think Farpoint is a really good proof of concept, great foundation. Um, the story is actually surprisingly good. There's great performances, amazing facial capture, voice acting. Um, the aim controller really elevates it, and the co-op is a lot of fun. Um, Farpoint was a really, really, really good game. Um, it's a game that um, I think had so much potential to be even better, and it makes me excited to see what Impulse mm. Gear does next. Um, they said their next game comes out this year. They didn't say platforms yet. Um, so I'm excited to see what, they, what they're going to be working on next because I think Farpoint um, was such a great um, debut for them, um, you know, comparatively speaking, especially. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, the only other game that's coming out soon is, is Doom 3, which might have, mm-hmm. uh, might redeem the aim controller. I mean, there's another game, obviously, we're going to talk about in a second that will also redeem it. But uh, before we get to that, there's at number eight, Iron Man VR, which I love Iron Man VR. I love it, love it, love it. I think it is such a such a better game than what a lot of people uh, give it credit for. I think uh, it, was, it really suffered technically, which for very understandable reasons, uh, impacted a lot of people's reviews. But I think if you look at the combat in that game, 
I think it's so well done. I think it has genuine depth uh, and a very considered approach that you really have to think about your each and every movement when you're going to activate your repulsors, when you're going to blast off and fly away. Uh, and there's real danger to it. Like It's a superhero game and it's a very empowering game, but it also straddles the line very, very well with that sense of danger. Uh, uh-huh. and keeping keeping yourself uh, alive. And also, uh, I forget to, until I watched this trailer, but just did a great job of, with its story as well, I thought, personally. I, camouflage, love telling stories. That's, you know, yeah, they, as, they have... Uh, sorry, I, I was just going to say, as someone that, that all of their knowledge about Tony Stark and Iron Man comes from the MCU, um, I, I really liked the story a lot. I had not um, heard of a lot of these characters. I had not seen a lot of this type of storytelling from an Iron Man story. Um, it's a very personal introspective story about Tony Stark. And um, I thought it was really good. You know, like I, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those games where it's like, you have to tap into that childlike wonder of kind of just complete suspension of disbelief and get into the mindset of like, I I'm going to be Iron Man, you know, like I want to feel like Iron Man. And that's kind of where the magic of this game is. Because if you get hung up on, you know, getting frustrated because you can't turn around very much because of the wire on the PSVR, or if you get frustrated at the controller tracking too much, you have to just get past that and accept it that the hardware is the limitation. But once you get past that, I think the content in this game is actually really good. And it's a very fun game. And um, I thought they did a good job with the flight mechanics, the combat, all that stuff was really well done. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I... I really want to see either. I mean, first of all, I I really hope we get like a specific PS5 enhancement patch uh, mm. at some point that would improve it a lot. But you know, moving on to PSVR2, if backwards compatibility isn't a thing or, or or whatever, I really hope we get a remastered version of this because I would love to play uh-huh. it with instant loads and you know the yeah. the tracking not struggling as much. It would be genuinely incredible. Um, so yeah, if you're unfamiliar with this game, by the way, load times on a PS4 Pro in between levels literally would two to three minutes was common. Yeah, um, it was sitting there staring at a loading bar for that long in a VR headset is painful. And then you add in the fact that it loads before and after every mission. Um, mm-hmm. You're adding 15 to 20 minutes of playtime to, to your, you know, to the playthrough of the game just from loading. It's just. It was awful. And even on PS5, like with uh, improved, uh, you know, load times, it was still over a minute long. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number seven. It is Firewall Zero Hour, a game that I believe still burns bright in your heart. You've always been a big Firewall fan. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I oh. haven't played <laughs> it in a while, so I don't know if the community is still as active as it used to be, but I have it on good authority that the game sold incredibly well, and that was a big reason why they were able to support it for so long. Um, mm. You know, uh, and it's an online-only game, really, other than the training mode. It's it was the first really successful online-only multiplayer game in VR, I think, other than some of the outliers on PC like Onward and Pavlov. But for P- PSVR, it's it's definitely an outlier. There's no other game like it on PSVR. Um, you know, Alvo's still coming out. And that has promise, but um, you know, Firewall was a groundbreaking game. I think in a lot of ways. I think it paved the way for a lot of stuff that we've seen since. And 
Um, Solaris is good. I like Solaris from First Contact, but I I personally hope they're working on a new shooter for PSVR 2 because I think mm. um, you know they could really just blow the lid off of it because. Um, you know, this is another game where the aim controller really elevated it, but the hardware itself held it back. And I'm, I'm excited to see what they do next for sure. Yeah, I, it's some of these games we've talked about a lot recently, and th- th- that's definitely Firewall. I am, um, I do hope we see Firewall too for sure, though. Um, but yeah, uh, so number six is Hitman Free, which is very recent, the most re- recent one. I suspect at some point we'll probably have to take this off the list because I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see a PC version at some point later down the line or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Hitman, they just did a really good job with Hitman 3. I, I think everyone really doubted it moving into it when we knew the move controller support wasn't going to be there. But I think they did a really, really good job with the DualShock uh, 4 controls. And from a technical perspective, from a content perspective, from uh, the amount of content that you get at the end of the day, it's just amazing man like all three hitman games inside psvr and and not only like did they pull it off and it works it's actually just a very very different experience in vr i've been finding as i've been going back i mean i I played it all the way through in psvr for our review and now because the levels are so open and diverse i've been going back on flat screen and playing in different ways and it's it's just an entirely different experience in in VR. It's a harder game in VR for sure. Or you're you're more accident prone in VR, but then that's kind of there's kind of a weird charm to that I find. And and yeah, that it's I don't know it's a, it's a obviously more personal game in VR. And I think I prefer playing it there that way than I do um, in on a flat screen. And again, really hope we see like. You know, once PSVR 2's out, I really hope we see an official patch that means you get to play with the new headset uh, on on uh, the PS5 version of the game because lots more to be done there. And I and I hope it's just the start for IO as well. I hope their James Bond game uh, has VR support. I hope whatever they're yeah. doing next with Hitman has VR support. I hope I hope they've seen a good reaction to it because I think they did a really really good job with it. Um, yeah, who was speaking- it that said? I think it was. I think it was Harry brought up the point that it, all their games are based on the same engine and they're all very yep. iterative. They built on top of what they did in the previous game. So now yep. that they have VR support in there and they went back and added it to all three, I would imagine whatever they work on next, next will have VR support. You know, fingers crossed. It seems like, you know, that's how their engine is designed is to be iterative and advance forward. So hopefully that's what they do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's still a resource thing, isn't it? You still have to design those yeah, worlds to work yeah. in VR. So, but I, I I'm hopeful. I I think it will. Um, now we're getting into the top five on mm. our uh, list of the best PSVR exclusives. Um, some of these we've talked about recently, so we might not spend as long on them. But um, number five is Dreams. Uh, this is one that um, is is only so high on this list because you made the list. So why don't you go ahead and <laughs> you talk about How this one? Dare you? Dreams is incredible. Dreams is such a cool uh, creation. Um, I recently I've been trying to like start dabbling dabbling with learning Unity, and I'm terrible at it. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I can't do it at all. Um, but with Dreams, you know, I sat for I don't know, like an hour, maybe two, and I could start to make the basic shell of a game with it. Uh, and that's me. I, I'm very bad right, at linking these things together Jimmy in my head. He's a game developer now. I am a game developer, and I am very professional and very 
very much an expert from now on. So you can expect me to join <laughs> Kyle in the uh, in the leagues of knowing what I'm talking about in this in this every every <laughs> developer problem. Anyway, um, yeah, I the 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 VR integration in Dreams is not the smoothest, which I know is why you are not a fan. We did that infamous. Halloween stream where you turned it on for the first time and realized you'd have to play for about an hour and a half before you could even access the VR content, which is not the best onboarding experience for yeah, sure. Well, what a stupid decision. That, that was so dumb. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Dreams is a game where the proof is going to be in the pudding with what the community makes and the stuff they've made is really, really incredible. There's some really, really cool shooters on there now. There's some really cool racing games. There's, there's, there's stuff that people have spent so much time trying to make like authentic fan games that it's the best kind of like in some, in some senses, it's the best, I don't know, like Batman experience you can have in VR or the best, you know, superhero experience or Nintendo experience you can have in VR. My issue with it though, my issue with it, and this is something that Smash Reality is alluding to is that this isn't a thing that you would buy a headset for, you know? There isn't mm-hmm. like a definitive experience on dreams that you can get. It's more like in in my mind, it's almost like a step back because it's incentivizing creation of experimental demos rather than complete experiences. Would you contend that analysis at all? I mean, it's quite it's quite interesting you say that because it's just made me like call back to earlier in the podcast and think, well, it's kind of PSVR's app lab in a way, right? Like in, they have some some kind of comparisons there and while i i I know what you mean and i do i respect that and i I, yeah you're right there's not there's not a killer app there's not something that is so incredibly good or so much better than any like 60 dollar game that you have to go and buy the game for, uh, for it but at the same time people that make stuff in dreams aren't like constrained to the same kind of like i don't know like comfort restrictions and things like that that you know lots of other vr developers are you can just go and make the craziest yeah. stuff in dreams at the end of the day and if you have an idea that's really really cool you don't then have to you know build a like 25 dollar game around it that's going to take you two years to get up and running you can go and start laying the foundation for that idea and then start getting people to test it on the platform pretty much that day if you know you know, you know your way around it yeah, I think part so, of the problem, and I kind of agree with Heaney in the chat, he says that it, it would probably flourish more on PC. Um, but mm-hmm. also I think part of the problem for me is I, my brain just doesn't really work that way. I'm not a creative person. Um, I That's part of the reason I never spent much time with Little Big Planet. You know, I would play through the story and that was about it. I just didn't really care much. I haven't played Super Mario Maker for the same reason. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just not the kind of person. I'm not the target audience for this kind of game, and I've accepted that. Um, but you know, it, it's not. It is for some people, though, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's you know, at the end of the day, why it's you know, it's in the top five, but it's at the top of the top five um, because I think you know the next four things are basically the best of the best on PSVR and represent yeah, really yeah. good. You know, to sound like a very. Uh, uh, pretentious critic they they represent craft fine craft fine art yes speaking of, yes including I all i would say all four of these next games are top four um with pretty much no exceptions i would recommend if you have a psvr you should play these games yeah for sure and so speaking of fine art and craft let's talk about the gangsters of blood and truth 
which is essentially a Guy Ritchie movie uh, <laughs> in, in VR, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty art. Well, all right yeah, then, bugger all, let's get on with it. <laughs> you just say bugger all. You can't say that. Yeah. I mean, I've said it now. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> if you're in the UK, you're deeply offended right now. But <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. It's fine. We won't, we won't talk about it now. Um, yeah, so Blood and Truth is just, yeah, it's one of those ones that we have talked about a lot, especially here on this podcast, and we keep going back to it because it's got such great design, such great interaction. Uh, the characters are really, really incredible. It's just a fun crime caper designed really, really well, and it's it's based off of the London Heist demo that we talked about for PSVR Worlds earlier and, and carries that kind of like 10-minute slice of really richly textured worlds into what like a like a five to six hour experience right and that's that's pretty special i think yeah i think the most notable thing about blood and truth to me is that it doesn't have a traditional movement system and i didn't care um Mm -hmm. you know it's it's the polar opposite of bravo team where i felt like its movement system completely bottlenecked the experience but in blood and truth it was actually liberating that I didn't have to move around and get fussed with the PlayStation Move controller. Instead, it would just cover point to cover point, you know, you know, teleport, you know, not teleportation, but like movement node to movement node because it allowed the game to um, free up your senses to focus more on the shooting, focus more on, you know, the cover mechanics, the, you know, getting down and, um, you know, actually engaging with the storyline. Um, all those things are what excelled because they just, made you not have to think about the other stuff as much. It's not fully on rail. Some sections are like this particular scene, the screenshots from you're running across a rooftop on rails. You can't control your movement at all. Um, But you do have moments where you jump across buildings and um, that it just, it works so well. They did such a good Mm -hmm. job of it. And I was extremely skeptical. You can look back at our preview coverage of this game. I was very skeptical of this movement system because all the demos were such small slices. It didn't sell me on what it would allow you to do. And I think they really, really did a good job with this. Yeah, for sure. And can't wait to see what's next, which I hope for now. Now that we know PSVR 2 is coming, you hope that Sony London is sticking with VR. Uh, Speaking of hoping developers are Sticking with VR, Resident Evil 7, again, again, we've talked about a lot. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's the reason, again, we talk about this game so much is because I I really don't think we've seen a game as AAA as Resident Evil 7 again on PSVR, right? We got close with like the ports of Skyrim and Doom VFR and stuff like that, but nothing that was built for the PS4 and then carried like this level of visual fidelity uh, inside the headset. I think it's still really stand out today, what, like four years on now, which is which is really, really impressive, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, it's five years, right? It came oh. out in, um, no, four years. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, I can't early math. 2022, yeah. This is where I write words. I don't, you know, calculate numbers. It's, <laughs> it's good timing because we actually just published a retrospective on this game at UploadVR.com from a freelancer, Kieran Harris. Um, where he looked back at what made it so effective and successful at being scary. And, mm. um, you know, fingers crossed. Like, I've never crossed my fingers so hard for a game to give VR support before than I am for Resident Evil 8 Village because Resident Evil 7 is my favorite horror game of all time, personally. Mm. It was the most scared for a consistent period of time that I've ever been playing a game. And I played it entirely in VR over the course of a single weekend, like 11 hours. 
And it was just such an overwhelmingly unnerving experience that there's been no, you know, no comparable thing for me. And like, I talk about this a lot, like this game literally gave me nightmares because Mm -hmm. of just how intense it was where a lot of the, the moments where you would have things like, you know, there's a moment where your hand gets chopped off. There's a moment where like you are assaulted by these characters that get in your face and, you know, like characters bust through walls and explode and chase you. And there's, there's so many moments like that where it was just so intense and overwhelming that I would wake up in the middle of the night reliving those moments because like whenever you play a game like this in VR, it doesn't feel like, you're playing a game it feels like you're there you know like there's just such an immersive experience that i was remembering the events as if they had happened to me and it was just so oh it was just so good you know and i I want that again i I want them to do it again with resident evil 8 and i'm thinking it's not going to have vr support at least not at launch maybe they're going to wait for psvr 2 to give it support then um because i think they would have announced it by now um But yeah, it's just so good. So I mean, the, get a PSVR if you don't have one for this game. You know, it's just it's just, it's worth it. You know, and it's it's amazing. It's quite fantastic that you've managed to sell people on an experience by saying, "I woke up having nightmares and reliving it." <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, that is that is a draw to some people. I mean, it's again, it's not a draw to me, but I'm I'm also a huge fan of, of the Resident Evil series, and it and it speaks volumes about how good this game is. That I managed to play half of it in VR, and then I played. That's the impressive last for you. That is impressive because also the first half of that game is way scarier than the last half. The last half kind of pieces yeah, off a it bit. It gets more I think, action but... heavy by the end, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number two, then uh, another game that's kind of like Hitman. Uh, it you know it's optional PSVR support, but managed to implement it across an entire trilogy of games, and this is uh, wipe out the Omega Collection. I, I still think this is one of, if not the most immersive experiences I've had in VR. Uh, sitting in the cockpit of, you know, these kind of iconic vehicles now. Wipeout's been around for a really, really long time. It's been around since the uh, early, early PS1 days. The and, and and when you played it in those days in, in on PS1, you thought, you hoped, you dreamed one day VR might be a thing. And, you know, you'd really feel like you were there. And this this is entirely that experience that you dreamed of having uh, back in back in the nineties. It the the sense of speed, like throwing yourself around in the vehicle. Yeah, it can be a little nauseous, but I mean that it's kind of like so one of those good. ones you can you can get away with it because at the end of the day, it would be that nauseous. In There's real, some good uh, comfort options too, though. You can yeah, you can customize how um, intrusive the cockpit is. You can have it be like tunnel vision around you. You can get rid of the cockpit entirely. You yeah. have a lot of options for that, which is good. And the UI design is just so fantastic. And there's just so much content that it's not its not like one of those games where you get like a five-minute really deep immersive experience and then kind of it's like that on repeat or like the immersion wears off. Every race I have in this, I'm just consistently amazed by it. And again, I know we're ending every section on this, but it, I just can't wait to see if I can play this in, an, in a better headset. Because that will be so, so cool and so powerful. Um, And and hopefully a a brand new one at some point. The developer doesn't exist anymore, but the bones of them are out there in other studios like Fire Sprite, which we know is working on another uh, VR title. So maybe we'll see. 
quick comment for Smash Reality. If you're looking for a similar game on PC, I highly, highly recommend Red Out. Um, oh, R-E-D-O-U-T. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a very, very similar game. Very good. Uh, definitely recommend that one. Yeah, uh, that is a great shout. So uh, moving on to uh, the number one spot, the best PSVR exclusive by UploadVR.com. Uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is also the best PSVR game. Uh, if you look at our list of the top 25 PSVR games. Uh, I, I feel like my love of Astrobot was kind of, it was rejuvenated once more with the launch of the PS5 and Astro's Playroom, yeah. which the, that was a very affirming moment, I think, because everyone finally got to see why everyone was raving about Rescue Mission because Playroom just had the exact same amount of creativity and was just a lovely experience. And people now are like, oh yeah, I want more of Playroom. It's like, yeah, it's here. This is every bit the uh, inventive delight that that game was. Yeah. And, and, not, and not just in the sense that, oh yeah, it's, it's a game that could also work on a 2D screen. No way could Astrobot work on a 2D screen. It's specifically no. built for VR. And it has so many, so many fantastic ideas with the DualShock 4, which is, which is crazy, right? You'd think it like, again, this innovative would have to have hand controllers, but no, it uses the tracking in the DualShock 4 really, really well. Almost every level has a really, really cool new idea to it, right? Can, can we quickly talk about the fact that our top three favorite PSVR exclusives are all gamepad games? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Top four. top four. Which was four, I forget. Wait, no, top three. No, top four is Blood and Truth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, top three, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting point at the end of the day. it's it It comes down to one of those things where I think when you're talking about games specifically, so much of, you know, hand interaction in VR, which is the is the future and is the way you should, you know, think about interacting with VR at the end of the day. So much of it is still to be solved, whereas we've got the gamepad down. So you're still getting that kind of immediate responsive uh, enjoyment out of gamepad games with those button inputs and stuff. Whereas yeah. we're only just starting to see kind of all of that work out with stuff like Boneworks and, you know, Half-Life mm-hmm. and and uh, The Walking Dead. Those, those games are the future of VR, 100%. But especially on PSVR where, you know, like the move controllers a lot of the time end up actually kind of hindering an experience just as much as they do helping them. That is not the case with the DualShock 4 unless, again, you're playing something like Farpoint, in which case they're garbage. But, yeah, I think, um, um, you know, I, th- I think the familiarity is a big factor. But I think yeah. also in, in Astrobot, there's evidence here that um, the DualShock is a tracked controller still. Yep. You still have interactivity in a way that you wouldn't get on an Xbox controller on PC or, you know, a gamepad on a Quest, that DualShock 4 does have a light bar and you can still interact with the world. And so I think that elevates it above just being a normal gamepad because there is still some interactivity that way. And um, then in the case of Resident Evil and Wipeout, um, those games are just excellent, 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 you know, top-tier experiences in, in their genres. And so adapting that into VR and maintaining what makes them excellent is all that you needed to do. You know, like mm-hmm. if if you had been able to add Walking Dead style VR motion controls to Resident Evil 7, sure, it would have been even better. But it's still great as a gamepad game. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of great gamepad based VR games still. Like I think, you know, there's a lot of examples of that. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think we have a good list. I think we, we, we got, we pretty much nailed it. You know, I think we've ranked all 31 and, um, I think it's a good list. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, it just, the thing I always say about PSVR is yes, it's the, the weakest technically of all the VR headsets out there right now, but for my money, it still has the best library. And I think the top 10 specifically, and I, I'll stretch that to 11 and say until dawn as well is such a strong list of content that absolutely justifies a purchase. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And, and so that's what excites me most about PSVR 2 at the end of the day is Sony ramping up that, that ecosystem again, that's been kind of dormant for a little while now. Um, and, and seeing what they can, they can do uh, once it's all revamped again next year, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, it was a great breakdown. Great discussion. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening to us discuss all 31 of the uh, PSVR exclusives. This episode has ended up being one of our longer ones, which is not a bad thing. Hopefully you guys had fun hanging out with us today. And yeah, um, sure. thank you. Shout out to everyone in chat, the sacred grove, Widgen, um, paradise decay, uh, techno glitch, smash reality. Thank you everyone for hanging out with us and um, obviously appreciate all the support. And every Thursday we record our gaming focused VR download episodes here on YouTube. You can tune in at 10:30 AM Pacific. Um, if you don't tune in live, that's fine too. You can check us out on Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, all those different places as well. Um, obviously check uploadvr.com for the latest VR news, reviews, interviews, and more. And our YouTube channel for all of our latest gameplay and interviews and other video features of upcoming games. Um, make sure you tune in to our upload access coverage of Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife throughout the rest of March. We're going to have a lot of exclusive details on that game. And on Monday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, or 1 p.m. Pacific, I'm sorry, 1 p.m. Pacific, you can watch the hardware-focused version of our VR download show where we talk about uh, all the lids and VR tech and hardware um, rather than games like we do on this show. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate the support. Thank you to our members once again. Um, thank you for all the support, all the love, all the comments, all the views, all the good stuff. Thank you, guys. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and a good weekend. And we will see you all again in the future. I'm making a butterfly. Goodbye.